everyone, and welcome again to the Comics Is Our Better podcast, where we talk about independent comics and anything else that we feel like talking about towards the end of the podcast, where everything kind of just goes willy-nilly, usually. But today, we will have a nice, fun episode, uh, and with me, as always, is Richard. Hey. And Darcy. Hello. And Carrie. Hi. We have a full house today, and... Uh, forewarning you, um, half the podcast is a little bit under the weather right now, so we will uh, do our best to keep the uh, coughing and hacking at, at the uh, at a minimum. So let's go ahead and get started. And um, first things first, just really quick, this is actually been kind of a fast DIY corner. Uh, the comic die uh, that finished uh, last year uh, with Kieran Gillen and Stephanie Hans on art. Very excellent comic. They are. It's all about an RPG, so of course they are now launching the uh, the tabletop role playing game, and it's on Kickstarter right now. It's um it's kind of a pricey Kickstarter, but it's worth it. Um, it's it's a good value for a tabletop RPG, especially one with this kind of art. You can get a tier where you get like these nice custom resin die as well to go with the uh, the tabletop RPG. So. Definitely something. I mean, like, but Stephanie Hans did all the art, and it's really pretty. So, all right, we'll go ahead and go on then to our spotlights. Um, since I just saw what Richard put in, and I like that's a good comic. <laughs> I'll let Richard go first. Oh, hey, I guess I'm going first then. Yes. <laughs> oh <laughs> uh, yeah, no, I checked out a uh, Bloodstained Teeth number one by uh, Christian Ward. Patrick Reynolds, Heather Moore, and our, or like MVP of color these days, uh, Hassan Asmane El Howe. And uh, it's a vampire book, but it's a fun, interesting vampire book with amazing art and amazing colors. And the setup in this one is that uh, in this world, only like first, they call them firstborn, but like OG vampires can turn people. People that are turned cannot turn other vampires. I don't know if oh. that exists anywhere else in the, like vampire lore. Yeah, I haven't heard that before. Yeah, me neither. But um, so we beat our main character. His name's Atticus Sloan. He's a uh, firstborn vampire. And basically he runs a business where he'll turn humans into like uh, vampires. They call them uh, sips. <laughs> and basically the, 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 the issue is that the sips are uh, a little bit too messy. So he like cha- uh, turns like a uh, social media influencer girl who has like, you know, 2 million followers on Instagram or whatever into a vampire. She immediately posts about it with her fangs out and then does a live stream of her feeding. Oh, shit. <laughs> and they're supposed to be clandestine and, and hidden. Yeah, they're, they're, they're still vampires in this world. They're like, yeah, we, yeah. We're, we're low key. <laughs> exactly. So, so basically, uh, at, at an event, like, you know, they're all the uh, upper crust vampires are getting together and they basically bring in a sip uh, to feed on, but there's like a rule that you can't feed off of your own sip. And finally, they pull Sloan uh, aside to, to have a little confrontation with them. And then, like, they're standing in front of a portrait of Dracula. He's like, wait, wait, like, Dracula's not real. Are you going to, like, what, what are we doing here? But who they introduced him to is actually Bram Stoker, who's actually <laughs> a vampire, and uh, put Dracula out as a book, basically, like, you know, as, like, a little propaganda, like, hey, these weird monsters, so you won't be looking for them in real life. And basically, like they that. tell him, yeah, no, it was a nice little, nice little twist. Mm-hmm. And basically, they tell him that, uh, like, how many, how many sips do you have out there? Because like, you're running a service, and these people are are crazy messy, and like making it making it untenable for us. And long story short, he's been now tasked that he has to go and kill all his sips. But like, I think when you make a sip, you do have like some sort of like attachment to them, <laughs> so. Mm-hmm. It's like him murdering his children. Oh shit! Essentially, or else the uh, the other firstborn vampires are going to uh, you know unimmortal him. Yep, <laughs> D- deimmortalize. Can, um, can that happen? Like in vampire lore, can can an immortal being become not immortal anymore? Well, no, no. I mean, they're going to kill him. They're gonna use yeah, when they kill him. <laughs> oh, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. Sorry. <laughs> no, um. 
I, I read this uh, when it came out. Um, about, it was like a week or two weeks ago, but I yeah, a couple this, weeks this, back. This was on my short list to do a spotlight on myself because I really enjoyed. This was one of my a really good uh, number one issue, and um, I just yeah I I mean Christian Ward's a great artist, and it's kind of cool to see him like flexing his writing muscles because this mm-hmm. was like a really nice nicely conceived story. Yeah, and and, and also like I said last week. It's cool when the artist chooses another artist to be their artist on a on a book because they always choose really well, <laughs> and so mm-hmm. the art on this one is really good as well. So, and the colors are so bright and pop. Like, uh, and the main character Atticus Slow, he kind of is going for like a uh, David Bowie like seventies <laughs> vibe. Like, uh, mm-hmm. what's the character? <laughs> like a glam rock kind of style. Oh, but what's Ziggy the uh, this, this, yeah Ziggy Stardust? Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> Yeah, he's going with that energy. And then so the whole book has that type of coloring aesthetic. It's really dope. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I, I didn't read it, but um, I do like the fact that in this particular lore that this person did a live stream of something really graphic because I think that really plays into what happens a lot in social media. And I don't know if you guys ever like came across it when you were younger, but like rotten.com and all that bullshit. So like, it does seem very um, realistic in that sense to me. And I like Mm -hmm. that. Well, I mean, yeah, it's an attention economy. Do Mm -hmm. we get the most attention? Mm -hmm. It to be the most extreme sometimes. So they feel like at least in order to get the, uh, the likes, but that's very, yeah, I'm excited about. Yeah, I think number two is coming out pretty soon, and definitely make sure that that's on my uh, my pull list going forward. Oh yeah, it's so, really thank you. Really fun book, yeah. Very cool. Um, so let's go ahead and go on to our next one here. Carrie, do you want to go next? Yes, I do. Thank okay. you. Um, and for anybody listening who has, I don't know the technical term, but it's like when you can't stand hearing somebody sick it gives you like the heebie-jeebies I apologize um because I guess that's a real thing now but um the book that I am going to use for my spotlight is called My Brother Teddy number one it is a source point book and it's actually coming out tomorrow the creative team is uh I'm gonna butcher this name I'm I'm so sorry uh Haromir Francois and um artist is Todor Christoph. And um, I'll just read this really quick. So it says, remember when you were a kid lost in your imagination with your toys scattered across the floor? You with your favorite toy. Maybe it was a cowboy, an action figure, a doll, or a teddy bear. It doesn't matter which one you had because we've all felt that unbreakable bond that a kid has with their favorite toy. But what if that bond was tested? What if the bond was so strong the toy took on a life of its own to leap into hell with the hope of returning you home? So right there, it totally got me. Um, I yeah, I got weepy. Yeah, it's um, this is stupid, but like I'm a grown ass woman, and I have favorite um stuffed animals that I still have. Uh, one, and I have major attachments to them. Like I will travel with one because I have not not traveled with him since I got him. So um, the fact that this toy comes to life to kind of like help his human sibling uh is very special to me because I think that's something that I've always been like I'm a I'm a believer in energies you know like when you love something when you believe in something so much you give it um maybe it doesn't like necessarily come to life but like you definitely give it some energy I really do feel that so um I'm excited to see it the art is really cute because um it also features like a stuffed bear but looking like a badass knight and he's wearing like full knight regalia fighting monsters and um <laughs> the young man that he's I, i'm assuming the human that he's going to save is um uh he has his locks pulled back and he just looks like a little badass wearing like his little gym shorts and like t-shirt ensemble that you know kids wear to bed and he has a cape so <laughs> it looks really cool it just looks like a little kid who like when you dress up right before you go to bed so i'm excited for it and um i i tend to like source point as a as a publishing so i'm excited for that shout out to darcy because i think darcy got us on the uh, source point yeah thank you darcy you're okay. welcome i love it it's fantastic publishing house 
Definitely. And so, well, thank you very much. Well, Darcy, do you want, do you want to go next on our spotlight journey? Mine's kind of um, main course adjacent. Like I didn't read anything new, new. I kind of went back through um, Legends of the Guard, uh, Mouse Guard, Legends of the Guard. Um, so I don't know if you want to talk about it separately or. Uh, you know, you know what? let's 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 talk about it during the main course. Um, yeah. Spoiler alert! In case you didn't see the title, we're we're doing uh, the first volume of Mouse Guard for yeah. our uh, main topic. So yeah, no no problem at all. And yeah, it'll be great to because I have some questions <laughs> after reading the first volume about where things are going. So yeah, we'll we'll get into it. Okay, so I guess I'll go then on this uh, spotlight journey here. I have uh, crossover number thirteen. I want to talk about things like maybe weepy. This is this was an issue. So, um, I was I really wanted to talk about it because I thought it was a really excellent issue. And um, every, this is one of those books where ninety nine percent of the book is a spoiler. Like it's so hard to to not talk about it or to talk about it and not spoil something. So um, I'm I'm I actually I'm kind of going to approach this at a different angle. Um, essentially, the the quick summary of the, the the of the series is that it's it's a meta narrative comic, you know, kind of a comic about comic books essentially that takes place in the real world, where the comic book world one day crosses over into the real into the real world in, in over Denver, Colorado. Uh, there is um, there's now a dome under, over the city where the uh, comic book characters fight, but some of the, the, the comic book characters leak out. There's a big old xenophobia issue going on with these, these characters coming from the comic book world because, you know, they're different. And also someone has some powers. So, you know, there's a lot of, you know, public fear, surprise, right? <laughs> About being afraid of the others. Um, so anyways, uh, the, um, like, the whole metafictionness of it you know, a lot of times that gets some real eye, eye rolling action going on. It's uh, it, you know, like it kind of you know, especially when they're like the 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 writers referencing himself or referencing friends and referencing like you know like uh, um, inside jokes that no one else gets except for like his five people, you know that that are that are also writer, comic book writers. But that it sometimes gets to that point, but not past it. It's never eye rolly. It's always a lot of fun. Um, the this particular issue, um, the it has metafiction in a different way. Like where essentially, yes, you get eye rolly, but sometimes you can get really personal and really sensitive. And like, I actually I didn't even say who is doing this comic. It's Donnie Cates, um, Jeff Shaw, D. Cunniff, John J. Hill, and Mark Wade is actually doing the editing on this comic, which I thought was pretty cool. Um, but Kate's basically tears open his heart in this book, <laughs> in this issue, mm. and um, and talks about himself and about his life. And so, like, it's just really heartfelt and just, like, kind of, like, hit those strings on, on my heart as well. Um, this is the last book of the second story arc, which is called Meanwhile. And... Um, lots of stuff happens and there's a lot of crossovers <laughs> you know pardon the the term but yeah there's and it is um it's just a good example of like when meta fiction is done right you know it's and there's um you know like it's nice and like not only that but then like the artwork by jeff shaw it's super kinetic there's a lot of action going on besides the uh, the tear jerking moments and like the um the way the coloring is done the um a lot of the characters that are from the comic book world have those like comic book dot colors to them so you kind of tell which characters are from like the real world in quotation marks and like the fake world in quotation marks so it's yeah it's it's pretty cool i mean like the book the book is a lot of fun series um i i thought this i thought it was this was going to be only two uh volumes it turns out they were getting a third volume and it's, and it's going to go in two different direction for the third volume so i'm really excited to see how how it goes so definitely cool. pick these up in in uh pick these up in collected editions i think there's there's going to be two collected editions out pretty soon very cool so Definitely recommend. 
Okay. Well, all right. So I guess we are going to go ahead and try to stop a coup from an evil army um, in a nice little fantasy world now for our main subject, where we are going to be talking about Mouse Guard Fall 1152. And this was Carrie's choice. Wow. I was I, I was gonna say I was gonna call you Richard Darcy and Carrie all at the same time. I oh, okay. have no <laughs> idea what happened there. All right, so um, so yeah, I'll go ahead and, and hand it over to Carrie here, where um, she can talk about why she chose this and also give us a quick synopsis. Okay, so um, basically, the reason that I chose Mouse Guard was um, uh, when Brian and I first got married, we had our honeymoon at uh, Comic-Con in 2006. And um, the creative team was selling uh, first bound editions of Mouse Guard uh, there. And Mouse Guard was one of the first comics I think I ever picked up like on my own because I thought it looked really cute. And um, I've liked it ever since. Uh, so that's why I chose it just because it's something that I always I've always liked and I always thought it was really cool and um, I, this was everything going on in the world you know we needed something kind of nice and cute to look at and fun to read so um, I'm, I'm forewarning you I'm going to cough I'm so so sorry so um, the the book follows the um, the mouse guard so the mouse guard originally um, was like where they were like knights or and Darcy, please jump in if I butcher this because um, I know you know it really well. So the mouse guard was like essentially like a guard, like they were like the the protectors and um, like the warriors of the mice who were too small to um, defend themselves against major predators. And they essentially became like victims of having to live like in burrows and like in these little towns um, unseen by major predators. So the mouse guard was developed and they fought off predators and everything. But what they eventually became were escorts, essentially, or like travelers and wanderers. And then they would kind of like map out things. So they were very they were held in very high regard. They were very well trained. Um, And the book opens with three of the mice guard, Liam, Kenzie, and Saxon. And um, they're under the matriarch of Lock... Lockhaven. Lockhaven, thank you. So Lock... I almost called it Lockhaven. So Lockhaven, and she's kind of like the matriarch, and I'm sorry, the, um, she's the queen of everything. So, and her name's Gwendolyn. So they're there. They've been tasked to find um, a, a grain seller who's gone missing. So they're looking for the grain seller. Um, they and it's it's a it's a pass between. I forgot the name of the other place, but it's a pass between two places, Lock uh, Lockhaven and the other place that I'm forgetting. And it's a very well worn path. And so um, Barkstone. Thank Barkstone. you, Barkstone. So they were supposed to. Um, the grain seller would have known that route very very well, and they go and he's uh he's lost and so the youngest of the guard i think that's saxon is very liam is it liam yeah okay liam thank you um (laughs) i I told brian i didn't want to record this week because of my brain fog so i'm sorry we'll we'll get through it okay thank thank you you. i appreciate everybody jump in so um uh so liam's like annoyed you can tell he's annoyed right away that they have to go look for like this old grain seller and uh they find his cart full of grain he's not there they find a path they end up finding a snake and um they're fighting off the snake they can't jump get the jump on the snake so they have to wait um again liam's young and he's very impetuous and he's just like ah we should have killed it like right then and there and then the older um mice are like no we should wait and like just wait it out so they go and um saxon and kenzie come upon um uh, a a birthing pit with offspring so they decide to uh kill all the offspring and then liam finds the snake he battles the snake so um in the in the conundrum and in the chaos of all of that I believe it's Saxon is the one who found um, like the city map, like the map of Lockhaven 
that the grain, um, the grain seller was going to give to the, uh, the people in the other town. And so basically being a trader. So now their new mission is not to let uh, Queen Gwendolyn know what happened to the grain seller or to alert the grain seller's family that their person has died or their little mouse has died because he got eaten by the snake. They're now their new mission that they've assigned themselves to figure out who that grain seller was and, and why he was a traitor. So, so the, the map of Lock Haven, they're, they're not allowed outside of Lock Yeah, Haven. they're not allowed that's, outside of that's like the why, city gate. That's why they, that they figure he's a traitor, because he's bringing this map to somebody, to this other town. Thank you. So Sadie goes and um, is looking like at a little beach area and finds this little house and ends up going inside and is ambushed by uh, a person and this person ends up being or this little mouse sorry so this little mouse ends up being conrad who was a member of the guard who was hiding out and figured out that the grain seller was a traitor because the grain seller met someone at this what appears to be abandoned house even though conrad was living there and um they never conrad never saw the um the The co-conspirator yes thank you he never saw the co-conspirator and so he ambushed uh sadie to make sure that sadie was not the one who was the co-conspirator so in this particular part of the story sadie and conrad are going to leave and they uh they have to wait until like daybreak because it's too late to leave so when they wake up um it's still pitch black outside and they don't understand why well there's uh crabs that have encompassed all of the house. And so they both try to make a break for it and fight off the crabs. And in doing so, they can't do it. So Conrad sacrifices himself. So that way Sadie can go ahead and run and get back to Gwendolyn with the news that, um, you know, of the traitor, what Conrad had learned. So then in volume three, we were back to Kenzie, Liam, and Saxon, and they're on the way to the other town. And um, they get pulled into, they start asking questions around because they're considered part of, you know, part of the mice, the mouse guard. So they're allowed in and, um, and they're, I guess they're noticed, like they're noticeable, like due to their cloaks and like their weaponry. So they start asking questions around the town that gets them followed. And so they have to make a diversion. So um, Kenzie is the one who creates the diversion. Kenzie is like, oh, look, two of the best guards of the mouse guard are going to go, you know, go fight. They're going to have a duel. So everyone crowds around and it's um, Saxon and Liam who end up fighting. But there's already been a lot of tension. Oh, Saxon, Kenzie, but Liam hides. Liam, Am I getting the names wrong? Yeah, Liam's the one who goes up into the house. Oh, okay. So it's Saxon and Kenzie, Kenzie. who end up having the duel. Yeah. And then, but there apparently there's tension. So anyways, they like really go at it and they end up actually really fighting, which is kind of funny because you see these cute little mice with like little blood coming out of their mouths because they end up punching each <laughs> other. And I thought that was fun. And then um, Liam goes and you see in one panel, he's in his mouse guard garb. And then in the next panel, he's naked. And then in the next panel, he's gone. So you can see that he's like taken off his like identifiable clothing and he goes looking. So what they're looking for is this place called um, the Black Axe. And um, the and Liam takes the map and goes into this area and says like, oh, I'm looking for this or, you know, and hands the person, in, you know, the the map and the person's like oh good because my other delivery was late so I'm glad you're here you know young mouse or whatever and so he's he sends him up to the other recruits and so you go you see him go into basically like this really dark room and all of the little mice are wearing um like dark garb and they're all dressed up like like warriors and then they're called the black axe and then that's what Liam finds himself a part of so then they go and the other two mice end up getting captured after their fake duel and getting strung like literally strung up by a mystery mouse who's like oh you know like you guys are uh the black axe is like 
he he either thinks the black axe is corrupted or he thinks the mouse guard is corrupted. Uh, he, he um he didn't believe that they were they were mouse guard. Oh, he didn't believe and, they were mouse guard. He's an old hermit who um, he's the creator of the black axe. He's the one who who well yeah he the like black axe. it like the black axe is like a literal black um, axe. Black axe. axe. Thank yeah. you. He and said it, anyone can put on a cloak. Yes. So so yeah he he basically doesn't believe that the he believes that they're the traitors. Because someone oh. stole his, someone stole his axe. Oh, okay. And so he thinks that they stole his axe. Oh, and they so, think he stole it, or he thinks you know, they stole Kenzie it. Kenzie and Saxon thinks that, yeah, it's not yeah, real. That, they're the ones that. And so but, <laughs> that's a chunk of the story. That but I after after around. a misunderstanding, then they they, they don't <laughs> believe that he's really the black axe because like that was like a legendary like figure that was around like centuries ago by uh-huh. the sounds of like the way the reference was but but yeah then so they kind of team up to to foil the conspirators and then that, there's a fire yes okay there's a fire and all of the mouses things get destroyed but then they team up yes and then to go to lock haven a lock haven okay and then so the the black axe army heads to lock haven they on the way there liam does something i forget and that's um Gets, and that's he gets basically caught by the other black axe guard that he's not who he really says he is that he's yeah. not like some young you know recruit and so they're uh midnight who is you find out that midnight is a mouse who is the actual uh welder or like this the weapon the armor. The, the, the armor for Lockhaven for queen gwendolyn is the leader of the black axe and so basically he's just like i'm gonna fuck up liam and we're gonna do it like on lock haven territory so they go sadie makes it back in time to um, lock haven to alert everybody right before the black axe army gets there and so they have um archers and they have everybody trying to defend the fortress and all these things and um one of my favorite parts even though i'm deathly terrified of them um there is a mouse in charge of the apiary uh, mm-hmm. place, which is like where the bees are. And so um, they're running, the Lockhaven little guys are running out of options because the Black Axe army is just like infiltrating everything and, and actually kind of like already crested over things and is inside. And so um, they're running out of options and then they they go to the the, the air apiary keeper and he lets the bees go and the which the bees in comparison to the mice are you know pretty big and they're just stinging the fuck out of the bees and which was also very scary but also really cool i I like i just thought i like the imagery a lot and so um they go and liam someone help me please on this part um I read this. God damn. I mean, I literally read this and it's just, it's all gone. Um, so, so the, so the, um, so the black X army's in midnight confronts midnight Gwendolyn. confronts. Gw- I'm missing stuff, but midnight confronts Gwendolyn. And then um, the, <clears throat> the black, the, um, the wielder, the, ori- the original wielder of the black X goes and gets the weapon because um midnight is going to kill queen gwendolyn with the uh the black axe and then there's a fight and uh the 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 mouse gets hold of the black axe and is like we're i'm you know you're a plague and i'm gonna kill you essentially and then gwendolyn um commands him to stop and uh and says that if he dies he becomes a martyr so we're just gonna (laughs) banish him to the outside part like if he wants to rule so bad and like take over everything, we're going to let him be a ruler of his own territory, but past where he's safe from all uh, major predators. So I guess it's called the scent, this, this, the scent territory or like the scent. Uh, the scent border is thank you, the, the, border. the line of de- demarcation. Yes. yes. Thank you. And so he gets banished past that point. So that way he's kind of like at the mercy of all the other animals and um 
that was a horrible retelling but yeah that's pretty much the gist of mouse card <laughs> that was really bad i am oh. so 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 sorry so, well thank you for doing it <laughs> it wasn't bad at all yeah, you're, you're no fine. i miss miss a lot it's really you, good yeah it's really good yeah it's the, a really fun book so i think i i, I think it was actually kind of a timely uh read through because of um you know the insurrectionists and and like you know people having problems with the way is whether or not the government is being is being effectual or not because like i guess they were the black acts got formed because they felt like the mouse car wasn't doing anything during the weasel war i believe oh no they that basically that the mouse guard had become pawns of the government yeah and that the people were not truly free so 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 yeah so you know and it sounds like fun old propaganda making people want to storm capitol buildings but anyways the um so so i thought that was really cool and also the arts is adorable like it's it's really cool seeing all these little mice that are kind of almost photorealistic but not photorealistic at the same time doing all these cute cool things <laughs> the thing is is that it does get really violent too and i'm like yo these cute little car- mm-hmm. cartoons yeah. they, they get they get down <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's chivalry but it's awesome <laughs> all right um, i was gonna say and i mean this as a complete compliment reading this book i felt like um i was like reading a jrpg like it just had all the energy of what's the newest uh square RPG on the on the switch the uh triangle some something strategy yeah it has all the energy of that like you know you have a party someone leaves your party there's little side quests you have to find a, <laughs> a, a you know a older uh a older um like retired fighter who becomes part of your party like it just <laughs> It felt very much like a nice JRPG. It was very refreshing. Yeah, minus the fetch quest, which was nice as well. <laughs> well, the fetch quest was to go get Conrad. Yeah, <laughs> that's true. That's true. And Darcy, what, what did you think? Um, I am a kind of long-term fan. Uh, I... <laughs> I don't know if I would say no offense the creatives because it's like the benefit or the doing of the creatives but it's it's one of those things that's kind of become bigger than the original mm-hmm. um I, I like original mouse guard you know volume one um mm-hmm. but it's definitely not my favorite i am like i said i went back to read legends mm-hmm. um specifically legends volume three because that I don't know why Legends Volume Three is my favorite. I do know why <laughs> some of some of the short stories in Volume Three are my favorite mouse card stories. Awesome. Um, and I just the fact that this world is so has become so rich that it had that potential to be so rich. It's like you know, it's just this 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 you know like world where mice are you know the quote-unquote people mm-hmm. and it had this potential for such history and for such lore and they you know other creatives were allowed to run with that in these anthology books and they did and they created such fantastic stories for it and then you know like um the black axe is like a side story um, and so you've got, you know, mouse, mouse guard, black axe, I've not read, but I'm sure it's great because all mouse guard is, um, mm-hmm. but, uh, uh, legends of the guard volume three has, I think three of my favorite mouse guard stories ever that I highly recommend. I recommend the whole thing, but like the watchers, uh, no, so the Watcher Stone, yeah, the Watcher Stone by Ryan Lane. You talk about photorealistic um, mice. This is like it's very painted, very photorealistic, oh, nice. and it's a story. Um, I, I think it would be prior to the original story. There's several of them that are very historical, very early on in the history of the Mouse Guard. Cool. I think this would be earlier, and she's protecting like there's a plague or something that's been going on and all of the mouse guard that go to fight this weasel to try to get medicine through to this village 
uh, they've been being killed, I think, by this weasel and they can't get medicine through. And, and so all the guard have been dying and she's like, screw it. She puts on, I think, her brother's cloak, takes her father's sword and she goes to this weasel and she cuts open her hand and she's like, listen, I can't kill you probably, but if you eat me, you're going to die because I'm sick. Huh. So I'm going to stand here and <laughs> we're just going to, we're at an impasse, right? Yeah. <laughs> and, and she just stands there and like guards the village and the weasel can't get through her and she doesn't have to fight basically. And there's a couple of stories in there like that. There's the dancer. Uh, I can't remember who does that one. Uh, but the dancer, th this weasel eats several mice um, and the dancer goes out and it's like, no, there's nobody there to fight. But this dancer mouse goes out and like teaches this. We the weasel wants to know how to fight. and The dancer teaches the weasel how to fight. And it's like, instead of battling all the time, you know, sometimes the way to fight is with kindness. Mm -hmm. And so the dancer kind of like befriends the weasel in a way. And so together they dance and the weasel leaves. And there's this great one that Becky Cloonan does. And it's like this bride mouse gets, I think, eaten by a snake. Um, and it's about her ghost that will follow you through the marshes. Like if you're a guard who's like walking around, this this ghost will follow you through the marshes. And the art on that one is so amazing. Oh yeah. This is like my this is my like header on things for forever because <laughs> I love the art on this so much. Mm -hmm. Dustin Wynn did one. It was like a one page <laughs> about the kindness you show, like the dying that you know the mouse guards going through. It doesn't matter what your enemy is you should show them kindness as you pass through just these really fantastic stories that the mouse guard you know lots of people write graphic novels not every graphic novel that people write spawn these huge yeah. massive like worlds that other people write in and yeah, mouse guard no did yeah, I had no idea that uh, Mouse was such a massive, like, world and everything. I just thought it was a few graphic novels. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah, no, there are, there are several uh, anthology volumes that lots of people have written and drawn in. This... And, and they're worth it. Like, they're good. They're solid work. This just sounds like something that could easily be, like, my favorite comic book series of all time. The, the way <laughs> Absolutely. you're describing it. And thinking about, like, what like there, there's not much else i've read that could meet this like girl haven maybe i think mm -hmm. girl haven has the potential great. for this but it's like inside of girl haven it's not like girl haven itself right yeah it's like that dream world inside girl haven like girl haven could could fit it in some way like other people might be able to go there too or yes. the girls from girl haven could take them kind of thing um but but there's not much else I've ever read that could do what Mouse Guard does. So it, awesome. in the in the spirit of it, because obviously there's completely different types of comics, but the way you were describing the world and the way like the people have taken over kind of the lore and, and have made it molded it to other new things and other great things, it really reminds me of the Magnola verse, like the Hellboy mm. stuff. Mm. Like, yeah. like because like it obviously started with like a, a great you know series and then that spawned other people talking about or writing stories about other characters and people that maybe have been mentioned once in in a Hellboy book and now they're they have entire mini series about these other characters <laughs> that you just never uh, had a really thought about but they're all excellent like most of them are Ab excellent. Absolutely, it's like where you get you know published fan fiction and fan art out of shit. Like yeah, you awesome. don't you don't always get that out of an original IP. Um, and, and they did here. And it's the stuff that comes out of it is really, really good. I always feel like you can, you can not judge a book by its cover, but you can judge a comic book series by the pinup art that is, that is on the back of the, of the comic, because yeah. you can see the quality that, and like the, the, the amount of like of effort and like time that, that other creatives have put into putting, you know, creating artwork of, of someone else's characters. I mean, like, it's obvious that there's love there. So, you know, like, yeah. 
it's, and the it's quality a, of the people who are drawn to it kind of it, thing right exactly yeah absolutely so it's it's yeah like yeah i was i was kind of fawning over the, the artwork at the end of this this book and i i can only imagine what else is in store because um, yep darcy did you read the epilogue of this of what we read because i couldn't the hand script really like threw off my eyesight what, and, digitally, and i couldn't read it i had I, I, before i know at some point but not this time now okay i read it oh richard so what was it about so i was gonna mention something about the epilogue because one of the first things that's in the epilogue it's you know this is kind of just gwendolyn's you know assessment of everything that's gone on mm-hmm. um basically she was just like Oh, everything that the uh, Black Axe was uh, rallying against, like all that, all those things are legitimate problems. So yeah. I, I just think huh. that, like, even though, like, this violent revolution is not the answer, it's like, oh yeah, no, no, but all those problems are real, and uh, we don't know how we're gonna fix them. So, oh no, <laughs> and I like that yeah. because, yeah, it's you know, like it's an acknowledgement that there is decay on the inside, and that they need to do something about it, which is a sign of a good leader, you know, like. We I mean, it. true. It just sucks. It just sucks, yeah. though. That like, yeah, exactly. It's like, oh yeah, like those people weren't just like kooks. Like that's that's real. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's like when you you look at the uh, like you know the the MAGA people, and it's like, oh, like your racist crap is garbage, but like some of your uh, you know economic grievances are spot on. <laughs> and I, <laughs> yeah, your your swords might be pointed in the wrong direction, but you know, right, right, right. Yeah. But yeah, you're, you're you're right. The situation is fucked up, but it shouldn't be that bad for you no so but yeah so there's a little bit of that and then other than that she kind of just goes through each one of the uh the main cast and how they're dealing with the situation um sadie wanted to go back to retrieve conrad's body but you know she told her that it was you know too dangerous at the time so basically she has she she can see that like sadie's been altered by the whole experience and she's kind of like sitting her down and trying her to to get her since she's usually out and about to get her to be there and around other mice to, to bond. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> the Black Axe, um, what was his name? Uh, Midnight? Oh, Sol- oh, Solonov. Oh, the original Black Axe. Yeah, the original Black Axe. He uh, basically was like, oh, they're like, well, we don't know if you're really the original Black Axe, but you really helped out. So so can you can stay here and can we just like, you know, um, you know, just get knowledge from you and whatnot, like just be here, like help lead the way. And then the other three kind of just go back to their situation, but she's very uh, invested with Liam because like Liam, like this was, you know, one of his first big like uh, outings and he seems to come out hearted by the situation. And Mm -hmm. uh, he's basically becoming the uh, original Black Death Selena. He's becoming like his apprentice. So he's learning from him. Uh... And so and Darcy, you can probably answer this. I totally got the vibe from like Gwendolyn's letter that Sadie ends up joining Saxon and Kenzie and kind of Liam kind of goes his own way. Is that sound correct? I or? can I honestly I, cannot remember anything. Yeah, no, okay. I it's been years. It has but, literally been years. I cannot tell you. But I mean that kind of shows as well, like I mean, like how much this one volume it's you know, it's just six quick chapters but yet it opens so much story there's there's so much to go forward here with yeah again absolutely no shade to the original creators i Uh like that Uh, like i like peterson by the way is yeah i like i i like the official standard yeah mouse guard but the one i go back and read more often is legends (laughs) Well, yeah, but you know what? I feel bad Le- about it, but it's Legend- what I well, go back and read more. The legends wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the for Peterson creating yeah, the world. I mean, absolutely. Yeah. So I mean, and you know, and it, it's like you know, what's you know what you like, and you obviously like Oscar all together. You know, hundred percent. Or you wouldn't be reading the legends. You know. So, yeah. Yeah. That is. Um, oh, go ahead, Darcy. Have you ever read Red Wall by Brian? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Is there is there similarities? Um, I haven't read a lot of the books, but um, yeah, it's about adventuring mice. I would say that's definitely something that I picked up. Uh, I, I'm sure Darcy's read more than I have, but uh, not since I was a kid. Yeah. Oh, really? Like that, that's way <laughs> way longer, you know, longer, 
way yeah. longer ago. Is that a, does that work? That doesn't it makes sound sense right. To me. No, I, I was I was like ten when I read Redwall. I could not tell you a thing about that. So I same thing with like Secrets of Nim. Like the only thing I can remember <laughs> about Secrets of Nim is that it's based on a psychological experiment. Because the last That's thing right. I heard about Secrets of Nim was that. Oh, oh wow! That's right. That's I had right. no idea. Yeah. yeah, me neither. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. They they tortured some rats and made a. <laughs> made a children's story about it oh, yeah <laughs> it's it's some really dark stuff um that's awful so i always get i always get mouse or not not anymore because i've now read mouse card so i'm not going to get mixed up anymore but i would always get this mixed up with the mice templar book by by um david oemi um i don't think i've ever seen that which which it, it was like a much darker book and like oemi is the the guy who drew powers if you could just kind of imagine his you know his sure. art style doing mice and stuff and um but yeah and like and so like nice. when, when when i went to yeah, pick this sure. up when i went to pick this up i'm like oh this isn't oeming art but i'm cool with that because even though i like oeming <laughs> art this is great too so <laughs> i'm like i'm happy so that's cute yeah yeah it's yeah i, I like i like oeming's art as well so that might be something we might have to catch and do as a main subject too in the future uh, It'll be part of our, uh, our our mouse series with this mouse and mouse Templar. <laughs> our mouse trilogy. <laughs> but only one of those this. ears look familiar. I wonder if they did a. Oh yeah, I remember a when legend came out. Yeah, that mouse looks really familiar. I wonder if they did a legends. Might have. I'm googling. <laughs> but yeah. Thank you, Carrie. You're welcome. Uh, there is a really sad commercial on oh. that made me cry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. We have, <laughs> we have. Have you seen that commercial? It's an Alexa commercial, and it's an old couple, and they're dancing, and um, they it, it shows them like at their prom, and it's just a young couple, and they're holding, and it's it has a song. I only have eyes for you, an old fifty song, and then um. It goes to modern day and it's they're, they're an old couple and the man says Alexa play our song again and then you look at the lady and she kind of has a blank stare and she hears the song again and she like gets a look of recognition yeah really and it's really sad <laughs> I'm also highly medicated certain playoff games might, may or may not be <laughs> in the background on mute <laughs> we're recording so uh, we really need to get our our podcast area yeah, like we do. not in our bedroom because yeah. this is not great uh, but um yeah no uh i like mouse guard i'm gonna read it again and get the names right but yeah it's really it, the artwork is so fun it's so and i think to richard's point is even though that there's a lot of violence in it it's adorable violence. It is. Yeah. And it made it um it made it really easy to digest. Like I wasn't like offended by it. I wasn't like although there are parts, I mean it makes you feel something, but it doesn't make you necessarily be like disgusted if you don't like violence. No, but everything uh whenever there's a fight scene, it always feels very epic. Like yes. it does like it feels like oh the camera has uh panned out a bit, everything looks a little bit bigger, all the movements are very deliberate and like dy dynamic. So like every fight scene like feels like you're seeing something special. Yes, absolutely. I yeah. agree. The crabs yeah. are a little bit horrifying. Yeah, those crabs, oh, the crabs, oh, the, are, the, the crabs are terrifying. Oh, yeah. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, wait, uh when he, uh she's in his in the crab's claws like i'm like oh yeah this is disturbing yeah, yeah. oh for sure yeah no that's that giant crabs. that opening or like that that uh, that next panel when you realize that it's the crabs covering all of the entrances and windows like that 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 i got a visceral reaction like i felt icky seeing that part because i was like oh god like that would be horrible when um when that scene first happened, I thought it was somehow the mice conspiracy that set the crowd the crabs to them. Yeah, but like hmm. if, if when you read it, yeah. it feels like no, just some random crabs happen to be there. Yeah, because yeah, they just happen to be the smallest creatures, and and yeah, and that's actually kind of a cool vibe I got because, I mean, I grew up reading, you know, Lord of the Rings and Hobbit and stuff, and and like the I oh always love I've always loved the hobbits, but. I was always kind of like, come on, hobbits, fight. Fend for yourselves, you little <laughs> guys. And that's I totally got the vibe, you know, 
in this, you know, like that. These are these are the hobbits if the hobbits were badasses. <laughs> so besides Frodo and you know the, the fellowship. Sam. <laughs> and Sam, of course. I love Sam. We but, all need a Sam in our life. We do. Um uh, one one other really quick thing about the art. And and I'm all I mentioned this too because it's still unfortunately something that happens even as recent as like the, the new Ratchet and Clank video game, uh, where there's um there's a female version of the main character Ratchet um named Rivet. And when they were developing the character, uh, even though they're lombaxes and lombaxes don't have human features <laughs> you know like even if they're humanoid they don't have you know like you know a, a male lombax and a female lombax don't look the way a male and a female human would look and so the creators kept on wanting to give her hips and boobs boobs and, and stuff <laughs> and and like um comic creator plus video game designer sam mags um she was part of that group and she had to literally send emails yelling at them saying lombaxes don't have boobs you know like like <laughs> don't do this and so i love the fact that like sadie gwendolyn you know kenzie they're mice they don't look you know they all look like mice you know they don't yeah. look like a girl mouse and a male mouse you know they all look like mice which is really cool i thought that was really i think cool. one thing i like about legends is that yes it keeps that thing about they all look like mice Mm-hmm. But there's a couple of them because, you know, all of them have different, you know, artists. Yes. Got, and so, like, they all look like mice. Um, but a lot of them, like, inside, even, like, in, they all look like different mice because they've all got different artists. But even Definitely. sometimes inside the stories, they'll look like different breeds of mice. And that's fun. That's awesome. That's really cool. Oh. You know? And Something like- I forgot to mention that's very important from the epilogue. Mm-hmm. Is that they didn't catch everybody that was part of the Black Axe. No, they besides the ones that got mm-hmm. killed in the assault, like I think all, all everybody else scattered into the wind and went back to their normal lives. And I think only one of the magistrates turned in four people. But other than that, everyone there is just you know out there living and you know plotting and spreading propaganda. I'm mm-hmm. assuming. Mm-hmm. It's not over. That's really cool. Well, do you. Anything else before we uh, we adjourn this meeting of our book club? Nope. No, read Mascard. It's fun, yeah. and mm-hmm. co- and according to Darcy, it only gets better. Yeah, <laughs> I'm excited. Gets better. <laughs> I really am. I might I might have to put my Hellboy um, read reread on hold and and do this instead because it's also available on Comicsology Unlimited. If you're if you're a member of that, it's most of, at least the main stories are like the from the the, the main the main title. I don't know if the uh, the legends are, but I, legends I, I, are they are yeah. also okay, legends. And and even if you're not a member of Comicsology Unlimited, like digitally to read, uh, I know I think Volume One, or excuse me, Volume Three, Issue One, which is like eighty pages of comics hmm. or something like that. I, no, I think it's like a hundred and eighty pages of comics. It's like two dollars. It. Dang, wow. that's awesome. That's on Kindle, awesome. so it it's even ignoring even if you don't want to do unlimited uh it's still super cheap yeah just digitally it's digital. it's worth like just for you know the art and the book if you read physically if you have the space to buy more physical comics which i don't but if you have the space <laughs> for it and you have the money for it you know it's a little bit more expensive book because it is a big book um and it's generally in i think either trade or a uh, hardcover a lot of times so it is a little bit more expensive but if you read digitally like me these books are super affordable yeah no and it's almost worth it to get the, the cheap digital versions and then keep your physical versions in pristine condition you know yeah. like yeah um if you want to go that way uh, mm-hmm. but yeah uh, can i notice and I, um, because I've seen them out, I've seen the physical copies out in the wild, and they're different shapes. They're more kind of like a widescreen style book. Yeah, and they're so, kind of square, rectangular, uh-huh. but on us on their sides. And, and I noticed that um, that you kind of get that kind of format in the digital version too. There's a little more mm-hmm. blank space between the, the top and the front, but it doesn't. It's it's still easy to read. You know, like the um, it's still clear, and you can obviously zoom in if you need to zoom in on certain panels and stuff. So. 
it's 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 still a good read digitally they're they're good landscape readers they're good for reading on laptops or they, they you are. know just just turn your tablet sideways yes. um and and mm-hmm. libraries tend to have them mm-hmm. uh, especially on on digital libraries they they tend to be quite popular with libraries cool definitely check it out all right and um all right so i guess that will be it then for our episode and uh, thank you everyone as always for listening to our show uh instagram twitter and good positive cdb pod uh for our book clubbers on friday we do announce the next episode's main subject on instagram so you can kind of follow along uh if you want to join the conversation you know, kind of talk about the book uh, before we, we record on Monday or Tuesday. Um, send us an email, and maybe we'll we'll read your comments about the book that we're going to be talking about that next week. And that's at comicsdeservebetter at gmail dot com. Uh, web, website is comicsdeservebetter.wordpress.com, uh, where you can request subjects for a future show. And Darcy, where can we find you? I am at books underscore serial on Twitter and booksandserial.wordpress.com still listening to uh the unbeatable squirrel girl radio show Mm -hmm. uh which is continuing to be probably uh, i think it just this last week surpassed uh wolverine the long night for me which i did not think was possible how does it keep Uh, getting better it did i don't know (laughs) ryan north is doing fantastic work and uh the commercial in this one was uh superior uh, Iron Manicure is a great joke. I loved it. Um, and yeah, it's great. I can't wait till next week. I'm going to cry when it finishes just because it won't be in my life anymore. I'll probably re-listen. I don't re-listen to these a whole lot uh, just yeah. because there's always something new coming up and I've always got something new to listen to. And like, how much time do you really have for podcasts? Like <laughs> I, I listen to like a hundred podcasts a week. It feels like I don't That's uh, like, that's me exaggerating but way, uh it, it does definitely feel that way um but this is one i think i'm definitely going to go back to it's so freaking good yeah I, I agree and um i'll have you caught up on batman unburied by any chance i haven't listened to this week's episode now okay but um but you know we're getting a little more batman you know which is interesting okay yeah fantastic so. yeah i i i missed what it dropped yesterday i think and i yes. listened to squirrel girl and not batman <laughs> no it's and bo- both actually I, i'm i'm really enjoying unburied a lot now as well um okay. yeah so I, I i wholeheartedly recommend both personally and i if i had to choose one i would say squirrel girl but i both are really good <laughs> you know if you only have time for one podcast as your hundred yeah, podcast I, I had to do extra work and so i was like i'm gonna pause my work and eat and listen to squirrel girl and then get back into work and yeah mm-hmm. i after this i need to do batman <laughs> modok calling in to get tips on how to beat tony stark modok was great <laughs> just stuff like that it's just great um okay well richard where can we find you um, um i'm at top cat 360 all over social media uh just let's go heat let's go panthers yep yeah that, that's it do you have a non-profit for the week um no, but really, I just like to encourage everybody to for any um, uh, BIPOC a creator that you follow on Instagram or any of your social media, um, you know, find out their Venmo, send them like five bucks. A lot of the um, the black creators that I follow on Instagram in their link tree, they'll have this. Um, there's a couple in particular that have a, like a lot of creators do this. They'll say like, buy me a coffee. And so you just send them like five bucks or something via Venmo. It's just in the wake of all the bullshit, uh, you know, it's not up to the BIPOC community to teach everybody and to shoulder the burden of like, this is why white supremacy is awful. So uh, if you learn something from anybody's Instagram or social media feeds, you know, just pay them because it's, I learn something every day. And there's a particular gentleman that I follow. His name is Fred T. Joseph. He's a writer. His new book, uh, Patriarchy Blues, just dropped today. It's his publishing day. So happy publishing day, although I know you'll never listen to this. So um, he's a fabulous creator. Yeah, he's a fabulous creator. Um, 
he talks about uh, dismantling white supremacy and the patriarchy. And I mean, he's just, he teaches people every day and he doesn't need to shoulder that burden. So every day I'm just like, or not every day, but you know, a few times a month, I'm like, Hey, here's five bucks. Mm -hmm. Thanks for, (laughs) thanks for existing. And thanks for, you know, like teaching me stuff that I didn't know about. So that's all. A lot of, of BIPOC creators in the comic book world. um, Well, you know, they, they, you know, they have like prints and copies of their books and lots of stuff, other ways to support too. Yeah, absolutely. Anything Buy buy their books, buy, uh, Sure, you know, buy whatever that they sell, you know, send them some money via Venmo. I just think it's really important because, again, uh, people don't need to shoulder the burden of teaching other people about why something is bad, but a lot of creators do it out of um, their uh, their own fatigue and their own willingness just to like try to make the world better for their own people and for mm-hmm. everybody. So, I just think it's really important, very, very important, definitely. And especially with the news, everything's going on this last week. So, oh, and there's a um, a, a spiritual uh, person named the Jasmine Gardens on uh, Instagram and TikTok. She's fucking hilarious. She reads your ass for filth. She tells you how it is, and <laughs> she you can send uh you can send her money via Venmo. And sometimes I do because I'm like, damn bitch, you got me. <laughs> I'm like, your TikToks really really spoke to me. So here's some money. <laughs> But yeah, I, I do appreciate her. She's funny. Okay. Well, I, I'm, I'm not as good in, on online, but I'm Brian underscore CB on Instagram. And uh, so for Darcy, Richard, and Carrie, I'm Brian. And this has been the Comics Are Better podcast. Remember, Comics Are Better, and everyone deserves comics. Bye. 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 Bye.